Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify. Um, so hello everyone. This is Carlos again. Now for another episode of the e-commerce growth show. We are kicking it off in Scandinavia and we have our very first guest today. His name is Prela Bjarke and he is with uh, Dynamic Web. So uh, Rafa, Raf is joining me. He's also um, based in, in Olense, like myself. We are, he has an agency uh, based, uh, which is an expert in Amazon, but uh, we, we won't cover that today. Um, so Brela, we always start with the, yeah, with the big picture. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you come about, you know, working for Dynamic Web or uh, working with Dynamic Web? And uh, let's get to, to, to the real content about commerce. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, so so let's start with my name, first of all. Uh, so for the in international audience, uh, my name is, it's true in, in Danish, you would pronounce it Brille. It's like, it's like a sound more than an actual name. In, in, in English, it would be Breda. Uh, original Norwegian, but live in Denmark, and, and it's true, I, I work for Dynamic Web Software. So just a, a little bit of context. So Dynamic Web Software, what we do is that we make a digital platform that uh, that serves customers with a content management system and e-commerce solution, product information management, and email marketing tools. So uh, not to make it into a sales pitch, but the, the difference between our software and our peers in the industry is that we deliver everything as a business suite, where others would look more into having a pillar or a silo of CMS, a silo of e-commerce, and then connect the two uh, systems to each other. So that's what I'm. Um, that's that's the company that I work for. Myself, uh, 48 years old, uh, been in Dynamic Web for nine and a half years. Uh, I'm not an IT guy. I worked mm -hmm. in businesses all my life, um, or worked with the business aspect of of, um, of e-commerce uh, all my life. Um, so I'll look more into the technology stack from a business perspective than an IT perspective. That's mm -hmm. basically that's basically uh, it. My role is VP Sales. That means that I'm heading all the sales activities in in Dynamic Web, and that is we are more or less a global company today. So. Just a couple of words on me. Yeah, very nice. Uh, so perhaps we can start. I was I was looking at the website, and yeah. you really do have some impressive brands here. I think mm -hmm. somewhere I saw twelve thousand companies are using Dynamic Web, and I see that about four thousand great companies rely on 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 your software, which is mm -hmm. quite interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, so perhaps you'd like to, to tell us a little bit where you're present in terms of, you know, the, the, the geographies that, of course, Denmark, but, um, uh, you know, and also what, uh, which regions you're covering in terms of sales and, and yeah. Yeah, so, so just a short stroll down memory lane. So uh, the company was founded in 1999 and has become global. Uh, since 2010, we have been also in the U.S. with a, a joint venture in the U.S., and we also have distribution in, in, in APAC. So not fully owned companies by ourselves, uh, but uh, joint ventures and distributorships uh, covering globally. I think the, the more or less the only continent that we do not cover right now, and that is actually also a little bit of a lie, 
that's the African continent because we have actually a couple of customers in South Africa now. So, uh, so that that is also being covered. Uh, so globally, uh, we are represented uh, today. So from headquarter, which is based in Denmark, um, we cover everything from Iceland in west till India in east and and north south. That is what we cover from headquarter in, in Denmark, and that's where I'm based. Awesome. You know, I uh, Ralph and I we worked for a, a, a major also commerce platform. You're called Vitex, and it was mm -hmm. very very hard to to get them to enter in Den in Denmark. I would say. And for, for me, the learning there is that whenever you're trying to sell a platform, of course, you need to develop the channels and all. Mm -hmm. um, but it was very curious to see that Denmark has such a strong Microsoft ecosystem compared to mm -hmm. other regions like, I don't know, if you go to Romania or Poland or... Uh, it's very peculiar that in Denmark, isn't it? And uh, perhaps I'd like to to have a to pick your brain on that because in mm -hmm. Brazil it doesn't seem that Microsoft. Yeah, we do have a strong presence of Microsoft, but you know it's not it's uh, it, it doesn't seem that um, that, that the the ecosystem meaning that for a commerce platform would be so developed mm. uh, in Brazil compared to to Denmark. And mm. perhaps do you, do you, do you, do you know why that happens? And does it make any sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. First of all, uh, I think that if we look into the Scandinavian region in general, uh, not only looking at the, the, the Microsoft stack, but looking in general, uh, how developed are we in terms of in terms of uh, technology and inventing new technology, utilizing new technology? Then I must say that that Scandinavia has always been uh, the front runner. Uh, look at a couple of our uh, competitors or peers in the industry. They are also Scandinavian. So, if I look into, for example, Score, which is one of the biggest content management systems in 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 the world, that's Danish. If I look at uh, another uh, platform, AP Server, that's Swedish. Mm -hmm. uh, so, in general, I think that the Scandinavian region shows uh, maturity, uh, and it also shows that we come from a platform where we have a good education system we are well educated people uh, are having their the space to actually sit down and think what can we do to improve this and this and this and that's why uh, technology is is originating from from uh, from Scandinavia having said that then a lot of the platforms they have then been purchased by multinational from the US so today they are considered U uh, US uh, companies mm -hmm. But basically, they are Scandinavian. And mm -hmm. the same goes for Microsoft. Uh, so if we look into the Microsoft stack, then then uh, Business Central, as it calls today, uh, or D365. Business Central, if we start with that journey, then before that, we had NAV. And before that, we had Navision. Mm -hmm. And Navision is Danish. So it yeah. was invented in Denmark. If we look at the other stack that, that Microsoft has called D365, Finance and Operations, that was called AX before that. And before that, it was called Exapta. And before that, it was called XAL. That's also mm -hmm. Danish. Mm -hmm. so, so, mm -hmm. so a lot of that, of course, that when it's invented in Denmark, you have a big saturation of the, the market in and around the close air proximity of Denmark. So you will have a big 
big presence in Norway, Sweden, Finland of the Microsoft stack, but it's because it's originally from Denmark. So um, I think that's that's the story behind it. But also having said that, then then if we look at the the tech stack of Microsoft, it's also very mature. It's very it's very good. It's it's solid, stable, quality wise. It's also good. But doesn't change that we have local players in Brazil as well and, and things like that. But yeah, yeah. Just, but it it was just just very interesting to uh, understand that. Well, uh, to see really uh, that Microsoft has such a strong presence. Um, of course, globally, but in, in, in Denmark, at least when I, uh, we were going to uh, Novo Cell, for example, you know, uh, all this, this houses, uh, software houses, um, that there is like a, I wouldn't say preference, uh, but yeah, maybe preference, maybe, you know, they are accustomed to, to the, to the stack and they rely on it. And it was really, really interesting, uh, to see like from an international expansion standpoint, that's what I'm trying to say, maybe. It's easier. It was easier to tap into like uh, Poland or Romania, you know. Mm -hmm. Because and I think um, I don't know. It's just a guess that Magento, uh, the Magento stack there was, or the community, so to speak, was uh, stronger. And 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 they, they, there was a like a, a closer or better fit with Vtex, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah. Just easier to to kind of like um, to 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 have a talk and get people to understand. And so I don't know. Yeah. I, th I think we have to acknowledge that the core technology of Microsoft is 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 by far one of the most used in the whole world. When we look mm -hmm. across all technology stacks, and then 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 the .NET stack is is where it's possible it's to find people. Uh, yeah. and, and of course, that sets the direction because the actual problem uh, or the challenge that we have in in Scandinavia right now that is to find skilled people who can actually code and who can actually uh, mm. make things and 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 actually make solutions based on code that's the biggest challenge we have right now so of course if we have a let's just let's just play a mind game here and say we have 10 developers and eight of these they are they are skilled in microsoft of course then microsoft tech stack have an easier access to denmark than other stacks that, mm -hmm. could be, uh, that could be PHP, which is Mag Magento. Uh, but um, then Magento has another approach and another uh, strategy that they release a free version to get the communities to work with it, and in that way build the the, uh, the tech, you could say, platform and and ecosystem around that. So it is mm -hmm. possible. Yeah, cool. Uh, we were gonna. I was gonna ask about ecosystems, but I'll leave it for now. Let's talk about uh, what you're what you're seeing in terms of um, transformation. So in Denmark, like I've been doing this in the U.S. I think every country, like Brazil, Denmark, no country has been, you know, uh, digital transformation. Let's say in terms of e-commerce, um, has hit everyone. So yeah, we've yeah. seen growth uh, across across you know across the border. And I'd like maybe a few words on on what you've seen. In Denmark and Scandinavia, in terms of uh, maybe you know your clients, your customers as well, uh, their growth, and maybe comment on your growth as well, because uh, I think one thing you know pulls the other, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. So so there's there's pre-pandemic, and then there's uh, like during the pandemic, what has happened? So uh, 
being lucky to be in a business where 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 you see a tremendous growth during the last decade uh, and maybe even more it it has been a uh, it has been a journey every customer is so again going a little bit back into my own career so uh, when i was holding my my previous job i was a commercial director for a big wholesale company selling fast moving consumer goods and at that point in 2005 2004 2006 in that period we were looking into uh, to our sales organization, the sales organization for like 50, 60 people who were doing the phones every day and, and tapping in orders into to an ERP system. And, and we, we thought about, okay, this must be possible for making bright, intelligent guys using their time on something different than tapping in orders uh, into a computer system. Mm -hmm. It might be more relevant for using these guys to actually go and advise customers on how they can sell more, how they can brand themselves more, how they can do more, much more with their own company. So we were thinking from that perspective, how can we use our sales reps to be consultants towards our customers? Because then we start to bring real value. In order to be able to do that, then we had to automatize some different processes. For example, uh, self-ordering, uh, people being uh, customers being able to help themselves, looking at the assortment, punch their own orders into an e-commerce system, and that was basically how I started in 2005 uh, in, in the e-commerce journey. And I think that most of the companies, if we look back into the late 90s, in the beginning of the zeros, a lot of the companies that didn't even have a website. So that was where the journey in our company or in, in our digital uh, area started. Everybody had to have a website and then you needed to get some, uh, some self-service and things like that. So we have seen a tremendous growth during the last 20 years. So that's the story about the pre-pandemic. That's when people started to rethink their business. How can we use technology to mm -hmm. uh, if, uh, be more efficient? Then the pandemic kicked in. And, and what happened is that those com companies who didn't think about digital yet, they just had to do it because it was either you survive or you're gone. So all of a sudden it just boomed on all the, com the companies that, that didn't have, that didn't do anything yet. Mm -hmm. uh, and that has just grown until now and it still goes. So what we see right now is that we see that there has been an, an increase and now it's flattening out a little bit more because we are now going into more that most of companies they are in some kind digitalized make sense yeah it does yeah. but uh, so what have you seen in terms of like for example in the states uh, the us they've been talking a, a lot about innovation such which which to me it's like not a great innovation because in brazil we, we saw this um, like curbside pickup, and there is like oh curbside pickup, you know, supermarket. Mm. Uh, but in Denmark, what what have you seen in terms of um, innovation, um, like happening that you could talk about in terms of you know um, the retailers were doing? Maybe maybe I think the industry is also going. That's a, a big headline you guys uh, use, right? Maybe you're like, seeing physical retailers joining the digital revolution as well. I mean, you just mentioned that a lot of people had to adapt to the new reality mm. that they had to go online somehow. Mm -hmm. um, so have you seen anything, any initiative like that in Denmark? And also, I, I guess the question also is what Dynamic Web is doing for, for people like physical retailers? <laughs> yeah, well, one, of, one of the things that, that we 
definitely have realized is is the need to have to deliver uh, information to different channels. Uh, mm. So one that you don't see this traditional value chain anymore. You do, you don't see that going from from having a manufacturer and then you have a distributor and then you have a retailer and then you have an end consumer. So mm -hmm. so there, so this you could say line of value chain you don't see that anymore. You don't you, you see totally changing. You see everything from so the manufacturer sells directly to retailers or sells directly to the end user. You see uh, end users looking for products not only at the manufacturer but also at channels Amazon uh, whatever channels that we have. They also yeah. look for information in retailers. And, and what we as a consumer actually do is that we validate every day all brands in the market. And if we mm -hmm. get consistent information throughout that customer or the, that purchasing journey, then we start to build brand trust. And if we start to build brand trust, then we also uh, are willing to buy. Uh, make sense? Um, Absolutely. So, <laughs> so, so what I see is that, uh, yes, I see, of course, groceries has had an enormous increase because all of a sudden we couldn't mm. go into to, to supermarkets. So we yeah. had to buy it somewhere. We had to get our milk somewhere. So you have seen enormous growth. But I really don't see any, I don't see any good ideas. I don't see anything new, at least from my perspective. But mm -hmm. remember that I'm not the typical user of this one. There's my my mom, who's an elderly woman, yeah. uh, pretty skilled in the digital, but but she's an elderly woman. She had never bought lettuce uh, on on an, on a grocery on an online supermarket. She did that now, right? Mm -hmm. So 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 actually, what I've seen of change is that all the technology and all the services being available for a long time now starts to get utilized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting. We spoke with uh, someone from from Oracle in Brazil, mm -hmm. uh, the mm -hmm. head of commerce there, and mm -hmm. he said that a lot of the uh, it could be people in that were serving grocers, but more like the B two B sphere, right, or restaurants. So in the B two B in the B two B let's say space, they have seen also actually more innovation in that sense because overnight like the you know the sales rep could not visit the mm. the restaurant that they would sell or they they would pick an order right mm -hmm. they would get an order from so uh in that sense <laughs> which is like a it's more like a crm innovation kind of thing right to mm -hmm. to to, mm -hmm. to give the sales rep maybe a whatsapp uh, functionality and and then they are able to pick the orders and and stuff like that Talking about B two B, do you see that uh, you know more companies are getting digital uh, here uh, with uh, your solution, or maybe in Scandinavia as well? Yeah, I think it comes back to the story that I told just a couple of minutes ago. It's uh, it's uh, now nine out of ten companies they are digital. It was not mm -hmm. like that two years ago. Then it was maybe seven out of ten or six out of ten. Uh, so the self-service ordering portal has become more evident. Uh, um, it has. N it's not only a question about the pandemic. It has also something to do with. Remember the new purchases in in the companies that we address. They're also younger than I am. 
I'm, I'm just an old mm -hmm. guy, right? But but the new people who comes into the companies now and who 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 gets a job as a purchaser somewhere, mm -hmm. they they have grown up with digital, so they have done all their online purchases all their lives. They don't know anything else but Facebook. They don't know anything else but e-commerce because it's just a normal thing. So so these guys they also put the the demands on. What is it that I'm going to use a tool as being a buyer in this company? Then they go onto the web, they start Googling for products, they start searching for prices. And then when they go onto a website, they expect the same experience as they get on Amazon. They expect it. So basically what we are seeing right now is that it's been a story for a long time, but it's really, really picking up, is that B2B and B2C in terms of functionality, it's the same. Mm -hmm. 10 years ago or 15 years ago when, when I was in that other company and we built our B2B solution, it was like looking clunky. It was like very listy. It was like we thought that customers wanted to make orders like in an Excel and a spreadsheet. But what the reality is today that customers B2B or B2C, they expect the same buying experience wherever they are at home buying a couple of sneakers or being uh, at work buying a fitting for something yeah i, th I think it makes sense uh you, you can see now there's a lot of b2b websites that if you you know they have an admin area where you log on to your own accounts and the purchase experience is pretty much the same as a b2c exactly. um, website because you just uh, go around the, the website and you browse for the products. The, the, the difference would be the quantities you would be buying and the discount you would be getting. Exactly. And yeah, that, that's a very interesting point. But you mentioned something before uh, that I thought it was very interesting. You, you actually mentioned it. Um, you said something about the information, how you get the information of the products from one point to another point and distribute it everywhere across. Mm. And um, this I, I feel like there's a huge gap in the market, especially in the B2C side, uh, sorry, B2B side, hmm. because manufacturers they don't always leave uh, all information available for the, hmm. for their for the distributors and retailers hmm. to get this information. It's a is a major challenge. And if you if you take platforms like let's say I work with Amazon, so hmm. like Amazon, if you want to list a a simple electronic product, hmm. the number of requirements it's humongous hmm. because uh, does it, it, it asks questions like, is this product, uh, there's, is there any hazmat? Does mm. it use any batteries? What type of batteries they are? How long do they last? Mm -hmm. um, any other special care? What size, all the dimensions of the product? It's, mm. it's, it's much more than just a, a barcode. Mm. And uh, for some retailers, they, they, they just go with, uh, with the barcode or try to find a barcode because that's universal. But mm -hmm. even if you go, uh, but but on Amazon, whoever creates the first listing ever, you know, mm -hmm. those information is stored there. And often enough, we see a lot of wrong information, mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of incomplete information. Mm -hmm. And um, my, my, my question to you is, it's what is Dynamic Web um, doing about is there, is there any sort of work with uh, uh, manufacturers um, to get this, you know, some, some kind of a library? that would help uh, distributors and resellers to get information about other products? 
Yeah. So, so, so what, what, what I think is is important here is not the tooling that we provide. The, mm. the, 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 the interesting part here is to understand where I, if I was a company, where I am I right now in in this complex world that I'm I'm, I'm living in. Mm-hmm. So if I put myself in the center and I was, for example, a retailer, just just to imagine something, then on the one side I have a lot of channels, and yeah, you are you are mentioning uh, Amazon as one, and and the funny part is uh, Amazon they have a lot of fields that you need to fill in. But that's Amazon in one country. Then you have mm-hmm. Amazon in another country. Yeah. Where you have other fields that you also need to address. So that's now, Amazon has now come into a channel multiplied by a number of countries because depending on the country and the legislation in that country, you have to deliver a certain amount of- uh, You have different requirements, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, so that is Amazon. But then you also have other marketplaces. You might also uh, have the information. You need to deliver the information to your agents or to your partners. You may might also be as a retailer. I also need to make posters to my stores. I need to make flyers. I need to make uh, whatever uh, whatever uh, information available on my products. So that's also a channel. So that's on the one side the complexity of all these channels in multiple currencies and in multiple languages with all the fields that is needed. Then on the other side, you have the upstream. So if I'm a retailer, I also have a lot of suppliers. So Adidas is delivering something, Nike is delivering something. Maybe I also, uh, maybe I'm doing groceries. So maybe there's also some textile companies that lease them. And in between, I'm here. So how do I make the needs up here and and and, and combine these with, with the upstream? Mm-hmm. That is the real complexity. And there's only one answer to this, and that might be the tooling and dynamic is one tooling out there that's making sure that how do you actually make it possible to deliver information in a consistent way to all the channels? And how do you make sure that you onboard product information on this side? And how do you then work in a process and workflow-wise in the middle? That is basically the tooling that we have that makes it able. But other companies have the tooling as well. But I think the story here tells a little bit about the complexity that I am a reta- as a retailer, but it could also be a distributor, the world that I'm living in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dan- Dangor is a distributor, right, Hafa? Yeah. Dangor is a distributor, yeah. yeah. And t- t- uh, yeah, then, then I want to pick your brain about y- your past experience and then do a panel between you both. <laughs> what yeah. was the. Yeah. <laughs> we- well, in Dengard, Dengard, it's, it's selling electronics, right? Uh, mostly, um, they evolved to, to sell some other kinds of products as well. Um, so, like cosmetics, for instance, it's basically non-food uh, distributor. But it's part of the Flagard Group. Flagard is a big distributor. They have supermarkets on the border uh, of Denmark, Germany. Yeah. So they have a lot of products. I mean, cheap, they have cheap, a huge catalog. Cheaper beers. Cheap beers. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, we. It's. It, it was. Um, I sort of felt like uh, while working there that it was. Um, it was a huge um, challenge for us to get information that we needed, especially and and now mentioning more specifically when we start selling to Amazon, 
and, and I'm talking a B2B side of Amazon, not a B2C. It, there was many requirements as well. And some of their clients, they have some requirements because they wanted to sell to Amazon or sell to eBay or sell to other ch sales channels. So they required from us as a distributor all this information. So we we literally like start, we hire people in the office just to literally spend the whole day typing in product information hmm. and taking photographs and all that. And I was thinking, man, this is a lot of work. So mm -hmm. in, 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 in one sense, the dynamic web was very good, very good at distributing all this information because uh, I think we were using Accepta as a backend, mm -hmm. but there's the, mm -hmm. the, the websites for dynamic web. Um, so, so, but, but the, yeah, the, it was just a tool, right? So we, we still need a lot of the inputs from the brands, inputs from other sellers to do a lot of research on Google to find product information. And that's a major challenge. I mean, this is a re really big challenge. And then I think when you find, um, um, uh, you find tools that can enable this, 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 this distribution, information distribution, that's really useful. Right, and I'm I'm totally in favor of that. And I, I let, let, let just moving out of the e-commerce and put it on other perspective. Right, um, co communications with clients. This is my challenge nowadays. We are uh, so sophisticated, like, in it, but for many years since the the dot com boom, we still use emails to communicate with each other. Mm. And I can tell you, it's like a lot of emails every day. <laughs> but there are so many other. Uh, possibilities to talk to other people. So let, let me give you an example. Like we, in our company, we use Slack. And now we're starting to explore the possibility of using Slack to talk with our clients. So they're not part of the group. They're not part of the company. It's an external communication, but we're getting this sort of information sort of on a centralized place. So mm -hmm. all the communication with our, with our, you know, it removes all the cluster of emails. And we it's more of a one-on-one -on -one conversations that we have with customers and i think it's it's, it's a lot brilliant so this sort of uh, understanding you know could be coming into the e-commerce as well the supply chain is very complex as you said mm. and then the information uh, the distribution of information is still something that is lagging behind i would say mm. overall and 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 i think it will be good to see more platforms or platforms that can offer you know streamline all of this i think dynamic web is doing really well I hope to see more of that. It's been it's been a while actually since I used Dynamic Web, but I I, I believe it has improved a lot <laughs> since. Yeah, it's funny. It 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 improves all the time. Uh, we have to. We have good competitors out there, so we have to. <laughs> Talking about the competitors, since you mentioned it, I actually I'm curious to know um, how do you guys sell your solution. And what I mean by that is because thinking from a perspective, you know, I, I, I've been an e-commerce manager for uh, many years and I'm thinking, I mean, there were times, there was one time actually that I migrated from one platform to another. Mm. I was working for a retailer and we migrated from WordPress uh, to Magento back then, mm -hmm. but I'm talking in 2008, 2009, mm -hmm. WordPress is just, was just a blog basically mm -hmm. yeah um so but i understand that migrating you know because the, the whole uh crm and 
you know, your website management system, it's, it's a foundation of your online. How do you convince someone to change the entire infrastructure of their online operation to, to go with dynamic web? I mean, what's your sales pitch? I'm, I'm just curious about that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. Um, uh, <laughs> and, and it real, it, it actually reminds me on a podcast that I was invited for a couple of months ago um, called Love Sales, Hate Selling or something like that. I'm <laughs> sure. But uh, um, basically, I think that I've got a paradigm that, that selling is not about convincing. Mm -hmm. selling, selling is about mapping customers' needs to an offering that is suited for them. Uh, so it's it's very very little about technology, and it's a lot about business and business pains, solving those business pains. And honestly, of course, I cannot say if it was the right migration going from WordPress to Magento, mm -hmm. uh, and I wouldn't even be able I wouldn't be able to see say that if it was better to do dynamic web. Uh, of course, I'm paid by dynamic web, so I would always say that dynamic web is a good fit. But it's not the reality. Dynamic web is not always a good fit for a customer. Uh, and, and, and we have to respect that. We have to mm. respect that customers have different needs and this, this, different business pains. So if you, if you have a, a, a patient going to the hospital and he's got a broken leg, don't start fixing his teeth. Uh, <laughs> that's basically, that's basically my, my paradigm. It's mm -hmm. to understand where do I have a tool that can fix his leg if i have then i don't have to convince then i can tell him how we can fix the problem that he has and what he can expect of pain and what he can expect of outcomes when we fix his legs and that is basically mapping a customer pain with a uh, with a, with a solution for that that is not by convincing having said that then of course we have customers that that fits our offering better than others. So it's pure segmentation. It's a, how big is the company? What are their needs? Uh, Barclays Bank, for example, would maybe not be as suited for dynamic web because what should they use an e-commerce portal for? Uh, mm -hmm. Out of my, maybe they, maybe they use it for selling sponsor material, whatever, collaterals, I don't know. But, but, but from the top of my brain, I don't think that a bank would be a good fit for for dynamic web. Maybe not even a, a lawyer or a doctor would it be a good fit because they mm -hmm. cannot utilize the different parts of the platform, which is the website. Yeah, everybody can use a website. E-commerce, every not every company can use e-commerce. Uh, product information management, not everybody sells products like they sell services. And do you need to use a product information management tool for that? So. It's, it's also a question about which customers do we need and can they utilize the full platform of Dynamic Web? If yes, then let's talk. If not, maybe there's a better solution out there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm curious then to ask, when are you not a good fit? So it has to be highly transaction, transactional, sorry, that mm -hmm. I understood, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to your point, you know, I have seen in Brazil and maybe other countries uh, banks now creating marketplaces, but that's something new. You know, so there is a trend that we are seeing. Uh, I we're seeing in Brazil 
maybe some uh, in the US as well. Like when you have a large database of customers, uh, a lot of companies, okay, take not a bank because there are banks already, but a lot of companies like could be USC, for example, right? Mm-hmm. They are creating fintechs, you know, because of their uh, database. That That is something that is common, is happening uh, at a really fast speed in Brazil. There's a lot of IPOs going on. Um, so to your question, we'll go back to that. Uh, otherwise, I'll, I'll digress too much. When are you not a good fit? That's that's the first question I have uh, for mm. you. Uh, that's really interesting, actually. Yeah. So it basically comes a little bit back to, to being able to answer, okay, this customer, will they be able to utilize all the different parts of Dynamic Web? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, a customer needs a website. Yes. Okay. Hook that up. Good fit <laughs> so far. Okay. Does this customer also need e-commerce or self-service portal? Um, is, is it possible? Maybe a entrepreneur who's building big uh, skyscrapers or whatever, mm-hmm. he, use, he has more use for a project management tool than an e-commerce solution. So maybe that's not a good uh, fit uh, as well. But if they use e-commerce, a retailer, okay, good, hook that up. Then, then looking at customers who has got products, that, that means physical products, with some kind of complexity. Um, so if a customer um, has a lot of products that could be 50,000 SKUs, stock-keeping units, uh, mm-hmm. maybe in uh, variants, maybe in, in that they need to distribute to a lot of different languages, maybe a lot of different channels and things like that. If they can use that, that's a good match. If they don't need that, they maybe have four products. Mm-hmm. That's what they sell then maybe not dynamic web is a good fit. So, so it's, 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 it's not easy to give a black and white, okay, if you are within a manufacturer, manufacturing of clocks, you are not fitted. If you are doing sports shoes and sneakers, you are a good fit. They, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, if it answered the, the question, Carlos. But the, no, no I, I, I completely understand where you come from because I think it's, uh, I've always been working in biz dev and I find it, you know, you could find the pains from all over the first, I mean, uh, like Eric and I, we had a chat about LinkedIn some time mm-hmm. ago. And, and I mean, people are there uh, for the most part, I think, in our uh, in our world. It could be mm-hmm. in other channels as well. Mm-hmm. But you could, you know, you could find out or let's say that you could influence someone who's not necessarily like a, a VP of commerce or who mm-hmm. who's not even... Uh, problem aware sometimes mm-hmm. that they need your solution. So yeah, it totally uh, uh, makes sense where you where where you come from. Mm. What I like, guys. Sorry, I, sorry. I, I think no, it's it's fine. Um, I think it's 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 pretty easy to. You know, in in sales, you can you can start not creating but awakening needs. Uh, yeah. And and there's definitely the way that the world is evolving right now where i say that the value chain is totally breaking up right now uh, mm-hmm. the 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 number of touch points where i can get information about a product uh, that i need is so vast that yeah. that 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 if i was a producer of a thing then mm-hmm. I, and i needed to take care of consistency of my product information throughout all the touch points 
that I as an end user would be able to find that product information. Mm -hmm. I would be totally freaked out because it's, yeah. it's simply not possible unless you have technology to support you in that, uh, yeah. that thing. So, so that's that's my take is here that that I can simply ask two or three questions. Do you have problems in delivering consistent data uh, to different channels? Yes or no? No, I don't. Okay. Do you lose a? Uh, do you use a lot of time in, in in maintaining your product information? Yes, I do. Okay. In which systems are you maintaining? Oh, in spreadsheets and in databases, and some is also in my inbox, and some is in a word file and blah blah blah. Okay, where do you have all your photos? Ah, oh, we have that a little bit in the marketing and a little bit in purchase and a little bit in blah blah blah. You know, so it's easy to awake a need here, mm -hmm. um, and the need is evident. Perfect, perfect. What is the single biggest? I don't, uh, don't know if that is a good question, but what are the trends that you're seeing right now, Clearly, um, let, Let's talk about. We're we're, we're going to wrap up soon, so mm. if if you were to talk a little bit about trends and mm. um, you know what is it that you're seeing? Because yeah, we again Brazil, U.S. We're seeing more retailers or the creation of so retailers, uh, oh, sorry, industries going to commerce, right? The creation of ecosystems, as I said, you know, so uh, companies like that have large databases innovating in that sense of so creating banks and doing some interesting partnerships. What are the other things that you're seeing uh, from, let's say, from Scandinavia? Because, uh, yeah, this is, yeah, that's the first time we're talking to a Scandinavian uh, company, so to speak. So that would be mm. cool. To, to mm. have your take on that. Mm. Um, it, it, it brings me a little bit back to a couple of, to a point that I said a couple of times during during this this talk. Yeah. Um, the direct to consumer. Uh, Got it. And and direct to consumer is is yeah in its word it tells what it is. So if I were a manufacturer, I would sell it directly to the consumer. But it also tells something about breaking up traditional uh, the traditional value chain that a manufacturer sells to a wholesaler wholesaler sells to a retailer and so on and so forth mm -hmm. you will also in a b2b aspect in the future you will see your own supplier selling to your customer <laughs> and that is just something that you need to figure out that's something that you need to live with and understand that this is the way the world is moving Mm -hmm. And and what does that mean for the middleman? Uh, that's that brilliant. That's brilliant. That that's 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 really besides the enormous amount of emotions that comes into the discussion between between the companies, between the supplier and the middleman and 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 his customer. When that is put away to a side, that means that the middleman has to reposition and redefine his own role, uh, own role in, in in the value chain. Mm -hmm. um, and and to, to keep it a little bit understandable for everybody, then then being in the retail might be a good 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 example to use. So I was in New York a couple of years ago, um, and I went into uh, to to a store. That was actually the flagship store of Adidas in in, uh, in in New York, and and what I saw here in that store was that these guys they are really not selling products. 
mm-hmm. they're delivering me an experience. A sure. Experience. They're delivering me a story. They are delivering me a... It was like going to the movies. It was like to go into the zoo. Something mm-hmm. like that, that gave me a brand experience which was so little about buying a product. I bought, mm-hmm. I bought a couple of sneakers for my daughter, but that was really not what I took out of the store. So Adidas, they had redefined what is it that their store should give me as a user, not necessarily selling, but telling me their story. That was what I get from that. And that is what we will see throughout all businesses, mm-hmm. all verticals. Um, we will see that that the persons in the value chain have to redefine their offering and understand what is it my role is in the from production to go to market and usage of my product that's that's what i see yeah i think it's awesome um you know like we could take this uh, we could take another avenue even to take to talk about the role of the salesman right yeah uh, because yeah i think we are all in sales here somehow and our, you know, like if we're just in the game of selling, let's say, and you're, I mean, you're gonna die, I think, you know, because it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 overwhelming in the first place. How many tools uh, there are available, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the market today? So mm-hmm. if you're if you're not a, a, and I think it goes back to the companies, like how you hire people nowadays, because you need to first educate them but also have people who have opinions in my opinion uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. who will be able to serve and to service the customer right in a good manner like to think for them and to to be proactive and to be ahead of the game and to understand the problem so you know for me like people in customer care they're the best revenue drivers that you can have because exactly. they they see all the issues that are going on and that's sometimes a front sale a front uh, uh what do you call a front uh, people who's in the in the trenches in in the front selling, they're not they're not really seeing things and and marketing like Eric is here. He's like the best probably guy to get all the insights and listen to what's going on, so he can create the stories right that's going mm. to fuel all of that. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I find it really really interesting uh, that topic. I think that I think that if if I should bring an analog and 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 a, a short story at the end of this uh, this this uh, talk, so looking at where, where did I start in my career? As I said to you, I'm just an old guy. And, and where did I start my career in, in, the, in the beginning of my 20s? So I started, I, I met in at this office at 7.30 in the morning and I put on my headset and I started calling customers and I had right. a sell list and, and I started offering them goods and, and writing down, okay, I need two of these and two of these and two of these. And I said to you, I was in fast moving consumer goods and that was what I did. Uh, so, so this is, so me, I think that I'm a quite reasonable guy, but but I'm not sure people are maybe even more intelligent and bright than, than I am, but I'm quite reasonable guy. So using my time and my brain to actually dial the same numbers every morning from 7.30 to 10.30, writing down the twos on the right column, and then starting punching orders into the system afterwards. That is not utilizing brain power, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So what, what we see now is that these guys, instead of meeting into the office at 7.30, they, they enter into the office or maybe not even into the office. They go to their customers to be in their physical retailers, uh, telling them how they should position their goods, how they should sell their goods, how they should maybe make some 
some exhibitions and maybe they should talk about customers how to take care of the products and things like that because that is consultancy and that is bringing value to the actual customer it's not bringing value to customer to punch orders of course. and that's that's the switch that we see now and that's the same with the adidas shore, uh, store this nice girl she was talking about what how they produce their shoes how yeah. that changed from 10 years ago and how they are actually focusing on uh, using organic material and 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 how they sponsor things that can make life easier and better for me and for you and for all that's brilliant in my world brilliant um Raf, one last question if you if you like so we 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 let the off our hook and yeah well well sorry guys i had a issue connection with my internet here. i don't know <laughs> what happened <laughs> and i was going to ask something but i'll be honest that right now i forgot i totally lost the train of thought here <laughs> Take brilliant opportunity some other time <laughs> no worries um <laughs> uh, uh, so first off, Eric, thank you so much for making this happen uh, and for for being thorough. Brele, uh, thanks thanks very much for your time as well. It was really really nice, uh, very fun conversation. And I think I think in the future we could uh, organize a panel as well, if you like, so we can mm -hmm. eventually bring a retailer, you know, a brand, and and do something international as well. Like uh, yeah, with this is like as I said, a, a global project. I can send you some links after, mm -hmm. so you. See project is present a lot of a lot of interesting companies and you know vendors as well so yeah it's, it's more like creating a global community of you know knowledgeable and cool people and yeah making things work yeah if i just uh just a couple of of uh, catch-ups or or takeaways from from my side is uh, just to to sum up sure the better experience you can give mm -hmm. customers today, whether you are in sales or you are in retail or you are in B2B, the better it is. The more you can get a consistency on your products throughout all channels, the better it is. That's it. That's basically my takeaway. Very good. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Thank you very much for your time. And thanks Thank for you the invite. Much, all right. Thanks, guys. Okay. Bye-bye.